0: Welcome to the latest episode of BAM, the show where we chat about all things sports, all things entertainment. And then at the end of the show, bring it all together to Chats of Sports Entertainment, also known as Wrestling, where your hosts, I'm Boris. And as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour!
1: How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. It's 40 degrees Celsius with the Humidex in Toronto. It's a sweaty grotesque day we watched uh nwa tna's first pay-per-view which was a mistake a wretched file program we also watched some good wrestling we have some good sports to talk about and uh big homies on the recovery track how you doing today man
0: this is how i'm doing nice that's That's good jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right. Honestly sorry So I'm going to do my best to, to mute myself Before I cough But yeah uh, for those of you I don't know if you've, if people have listened to the Midweek Marca I know it literally just Got released as I hit record uh, So um, I'm, I, I've been sick all weekend And it hit me literally As Vince McMahon comes out on Smackdown My body just said No Moss Fuck you <laughs>
1: It just rejected it. Just rejected the notion of Vince McMahon strutting down, power walking to the ring. That's hilarious. Well, you seem all right. Man, I don't know. You're drinking a beer here at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That's all. That's good.
0: Yeah, well, you seem all right. right? Yeah, no, honestly, it's a lot better than I did on the weekend. I think the worst day was Sunday. Um, Sunday, I basically just slept all day Made an appearance at my brother's in Oakville, but literally got back and just went right back to bed. It was just one of those, Ah. one of those, one of those weekends. And then yesterday, my throat started hurting. Still no COVID, so this isn't COVID. Uh, Luckily, thankfully, but it's just one of those things. Like you know, the the weather we've been having here. You know, one day it's plus forty, the next night it's ten degrees. Right, like that gets to me all the time. Mm. Yeah,
1: man. Well. It's gonna be up and down uh, all summer too, so hopefully you
0: adjust. But yeah, that's brutal, man. I hope you start to feel better soon. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'll be fine. It's just, it's always that. It's always in the beginning, right? Like, uh, I'll get sick again in September this exact same way when the weather starts going the other direction. The change of the seasons, eh, amen. Dang. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man, everything is going well. We've had a super busy week. Honestly, I just want to thank everyone who has kind of stepped up. Uh, done some shows I know like I've kind of been MIA in that sense but um, you know the the machine is still rolling people are still talking wrestling and uh, you know this week we have a full slate of shows ready for you including this spam. which you know what you said it was gross what what did you say hot grotesque something grotesque how did you describe the weather
1: the weather it was very sticky grotesque hot outside i don't know i said those things i said worse things about the tna show that we watched
0: i was gonna say (laughs) literally that's where i was going with this bit but yeah (laughs) well that's where we're at right now but no man it's been uh okay so again how are you how's how's life how's how's matt going i think we've like shared basically trying to figure out when i'm like alive to record that's basically when we've talked (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah man uh, I'm I'm well though the whole sports roast thing that I was gearing up for got cancelled like literally last minute day of which was kind of heartbreaking I was very ready uh, one day I'm going to do my set I might try to put it online and just battle the guy online he reached out to me so we might try to make our own thing of it but uh, yeah if not I'll just read my set on the internet one day but yeah no I just, I'm just kind of disappointed that that didn't turn out because I was quite excited for that but you know whatever well I'll get on the next one uh anyway uh, other than that life is good though man you know working very hard at my real job and uh, watching lots of wrestling for this podcast some good some absolutely awful lots to talk about though watching sports and living life you know on that tinder grind to doing my thing it's summer boris the summertime uh it's a, it's a beautiful time in toronto
0: yep hot girl summer fat boy summers indeed started <laughs> husky boy summer Let's husky go. boy summer cheers <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna need a nap right after this. You have no idea. Like so I did the midweek out at twelve fifty PM and in the corner of my eye I had a beer and I'm like fuck I need this right now. It's just like something to get me through. As soon as I finished that, like literally as soon as I hung up with Mike, um my boss calls Because we have our our, our, our regular sink. <sighs> it was just two two people just button heads uh, for a good hour. Yeah. It's just right now, work is so busy, right? And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get into details. No one gives a shit about details, but just the philosophy of, of certain things that we're button heads in, nothing in a bad way. It's just like, you know, priorities and stuff. Right, um, right. And it's just as soon as I hung up, you messaged me, and it's like, I'm ready. Like, oh my God. <clears throat> Number one, my throat sounds a lot better. Like five minutes ago, it just it was just like, oh man, I have barely have a voice. But, uh, You know, nothing that beer can't cure, Uh, but uh, it's just been such an insane few months. I know I say this each and every week, but holy crap, dude, it just, work has just been insane. Just absolutely insane. I don't know where I find time to do anything. Yeah, man, and you do a lot, too. Uh, We
1: appreciate it, though, Boris. Well, I'll try to uh, fly the plane as much as possible in this show. We'll take a uh, gravelly, deep voice, sick Boris, uh, you know,
0: here or there as you
1: come to it, buddy. Don't worry.
0: No, it's all okay, good, uh, man. D- and I appreciate it. I really do appreciate it. And thanks to you and Joe for taking the uh, the Rampage Ramble. It was a pretty good episode that you guys chatted about. Um, <laughs> and, and huge, that huge, huge, dad. Whoa. Oh, it's starting to hit me. Huge thanks to the dads. They did a phenomenal episode on Friday not only talking about you know smackdown that was but chatting about all the the Vince stuff and the news of the week yeah. and you know they did a great job of uh, not getting us sued so thank you to them for for that <laughs> huge
1: dads absolutely definitely uh yeah shout out to the smackdaddies they're great uh Brad and Greg do great work for us there uh down in the east coast Boris
0: yeah i got a message them it's, uh, it's like i know they're like worried <laughs> If I don't, if I don't reach out like once every twenty four hours, they think something's wrong. <laughs>
1: what? Like the group chat, uh, there's a group chat going, which is it's fairly active. It is a kind of a daily uh, situation. Anyway, man, let's talk some sports. Uh, let's start with this NHL hockey situation. Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning live. They're back in the series, six two victory over the Colorado Avalanche. With their backs against the wall, the series is now two to one. Colorado with game 4 in Tampa Bay to
0: come. So is, it, is anyone you- really like <clears throat> the way that th- these playoffs have been going, you know, it none of this surprises me. None of this surprises me. I'm I'm 100% expecting uh game 4 to go the way of Tampa Bay again and it just become a shorter series, right? Like that's how this these playoffs have have been for every team and I suspect it's going to be the same. You know that there was no way in hell Tampa Bay was just going to take it lying down.
1: Yeah, it was the first time Tampa, like the losses in game one and two was the first time they'd lost back to back games in the playoffs in forever and forever in a day. Right. So yeah. I, I thought for sure they wouldn't lose three. Indeed, they did come out and win, although they were down one, nothing. It was a little scary there for a second. But yeah, Tampa Bay wins six two. big game from Stamkos, big game from Vasilevsky, the goalie. And uh, big game from Charles Barkley, who was all over the uh, the intermission and the post game panel, having a lot of fun. That was great. Uh, check out some Charles Barkley highlights if you haven't seen those. But he's the the already the best hockey analyst there is out there. But yeah, game four goes tomorrow, which is Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Colorado at Tampa Bay, and I think Tampa Bay is going to tie up the series there. Like you said, big homie.
0: Yeah, I. Tampa Bay is just too good, right? There's no way they're just—they're not gonna make a series out of this. And man, Barkley was—he was freaking hilarious. Like seriously, so funny. You know what? I appreciate someone who fucks around as much as me.
1: <laughs> exactly. Kind of looked like Barkley was a little sauced, a little half in the bag for uh, for one of the interviews when he was talking to Kyle Bukowski. Yes. And called him the Canadian Tom Brady. That was pretty funny. Yeah, no. Barkley just having a good time. We need more casual hockey fans. His hockey. Chris Rock has a bit about hockey where he's like, "Hockey is like heroin. Only heroin users use heroin. Only hockey fans watch hockey. It's like the hardest of the hardcore sports, and they don't let anyone else in. You know what I mean? That's like Chris Rock.
0: There's, there's one it's, more hardcore sport that I would consider and that's something that we cover and that's AEW. That's a conversation for another day my friend. <laughs> no, but it's the same. But this that's is the, it's the same thing, right? It's the same thing. How do you get that audience, right? Sometimes and 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 sometimes I think the NHL takes itself too serious. So having moments yeah. like this, oh, pure gold. Love it. Love to see it, right? And it's kind of what baseball did I'm not gonna say that they're 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 happy-go-lucky, right? It's not the NBA. The NBA is the king of not taking itself too serious until recently, where I think they're taking themselves a little too serious and it's putting off some fans. But I think it's a cyclical in this in this sense, right? But NHO basically needs to be a little more tranquilo, maybe you know take an edible uh, and, and just just chill out, relax and 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 have fun.
1: Exactly, and have a cocktail with Charles Barkley, and that's what they did last night. So it was really great to see. Again, just a, a really big win for the playoffs, for the NHL in general. They're in, the, they're in the upswing. It's been a strong NHL playoff. Hopefully, the whole free agent frenzy is you know not too disappointing. We see some players change teams, and it will be an exciting year next year, and hockey's on the upswing.
0: Speaking of changing teams, I'm changing the script on you. So how about Shea Weber? My God.
1: Oh, yeah. She, well, I mean, it's just it's proof that he's not going to play any more hockey. I think it it's, looks like a cap situation, a retirement. And uh, Montreal got a human, a warm human body out of it who they may trade after this season. We'll see what happens with Dadanov. But yeah, so the Montreal Canadiens traded captain Shea Weber to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights for Evgeny Dadanov, I believe it was, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, so we 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 got a warm human body, Boris, for a player who is never going to play hockey again. It sucks to see Shea Weber go.
0: It made me sad to read it, but it was just confirmation that his career is over. You know. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And at the same time, this is also brilliant on the Vegas Golden Knights, right? Like, who is kind of sh- no, I don't want to say struggling. To to make payroll, um, or like to, to make it within in line, right? And to, the salary cap to get but under the cap. Yeah, to get under the cap, not make it, but to get under yes. the cap. Uh, it's brilliant what they've done, and I think this is just goes to show you kind of like those those um, the, the nice little stuff. Like I love I love seeing this strategic work. That that's what I'm getting at.
1: Yeah, it was, at the end of the day, it was a win for both sides. I, yeah, there's a cap circumvention situation. I, I have not looked up into this. But I, it, in in a nutshell, they basically get the money back for Shea Weber for him retiring, and they can use that money to pay Jack Eichel and Mark Stone and the rest of their expensive players.
0: So, yeah, Exactly, which I'm telling you, I think Vegas is going to have the ultimate bounce back next season. I think so. So man that's good. that's a competitive
1: division. It's a competitive division and it's getting better. Vancouver just signed that kid from the KH- KHL. Uh Edmonton's good, Calgary's good. It's a tough division. Your Kings, the Kings,
0: they're good. They're looking good. They're looking really good. I like the fact that they're young, right? Minus a couple not so quick players anymore. Um there, <laughs> there's a couple <laughs> there's a couple of people who I think where you know the Kings can upgrade, but that's a conversation for September speaking of teams bouncing back golden state warriors my friend yeah the dynasty
1: the dynasty is on four titles in eight seasons six trips to the finals one of the years they didn't win they set the all-time record for wins in the regular season this team's a dynasty we're watching greatness in front of our eyes steph curry one of the what 10 to 15 best players of all time maybe higher on that list i think he's higher. just uh he yeah,
0: changed just the incredible. Game. He changed the game. Larry Bird introduced this long-range shooting. Steph Curry just demolished it, and just, like, that is what the NBA is now. And I think it'll be this way at least for the next five to ten years. Oh, more. This is
1: basketball from now on. The three is worth more than two, and it always will be. You know what I mean? It should have been this way. As soon as they instituted the three-point line, it just took people a while to
0: catch up. Wait till you start seeing the three-point alley-oops. Or, or it's not alley-oops, uh, uh, slam dunks. That's that's, that's, <laughs> that's the future. Uh,
1: yeah, geez. I suppose so. Yeah, then basketball is fully broken. That, that person will definitely be the GOAT. Okay, you're a Lakers uh, fan, aficionado. Blow it up. You've uh, seen... You've seen... Well, I'm not asking about the Lakers, believe you me. <laughs> I, I, Not not the Lakers of, of 2022, anyway. I don't give a shit about them. <laughs> um, you've seen a lot of the work of one Kobe Bean Bryant. So here's the question. Who's higher
0: on the all-time list? Bean, Kobe Bean, or Steph Curry? You know, it's funny because there's so many differences with these two players. Right? Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I feel like they've had a a great supporting cast that has helped them. And I'm not trying to say that Either one would have not won the championships that they did without the team, but they wouldn't have won the championships they did without the team that they had. There's no (laughs) way that Kobe would have won, you know, without Shaq, especially. But that's sports. That's fine. He's not a quarterback. He's he's not a goalie in hockey, right? Like, it's, it's. I agree with you, but yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. Man, they're they're so comparable in so many different ways, in in so many similar ways, but yet so different in how they approach the sport and how their legacy is in the sport. You know, I'm going to have to honestly say this might be very controversial, and I hate, like, you know, that I hate to give San Francisco any credit, (laughs) but I'm going to have to say Steph Curry, in the grand scheme of things, is a better player than Kobe Bryant.
1: It's a, it's a huge debate, man. You can go either way on it for a long time. And like Kobe has the defensive piece, but Steph Curry's a little bit underrated as a defender. He's probably like, he's not a good defender, but he's also like, people think he's like Steve Nash. Like he's a, He's like a bullfighter out there, right? Going, you know, Ole, El Matador, Tito Santana. He's not that. He can defend. But, like, Kobe Bryant is a multiple-time all-defense team kind of defender, right? Like, Kobe Bryant was a bulldog. So, it, But also, Kobe Bryant didn't break basketball and completely change the way the game was played, right? Kobe Bryant was... A Jordan clone, in some ways, the best Jordan clone we've ever seen. But he was, he was, he played the game like Michael Jordan played the game, almost exactly like Michael Jordan here, played the game.
0: Honestly, this is this is what it gets. Like, I hate comparing players from different generations, right? It's yeah, like trying yeah. to compare Doctor J and Steph Curry. It's like trying to compare Doctor J and Michael Jordan. They each brought their own thing to the to 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 the time that they were in. If there was no Dr. J, there wouldn't be a Michael Jordan. If there was no Michael Jordan, there wouldn't be no LeBron James. If there was no LeBron James, I don't know. We'll see who's next. But you know, you know what I'm trying to say. Like it's hard. I hate yeah. comparing eras. No, it's tough. But that's that's the whole
1: fun of it, right? Is like trying to. It's like saying Ugh,
0: another one. I it's hate an unsolvable to give to.
1: puzzle. Anyway, go on.
0: Babe Ruth or Mark McGuire or Barry Bonds, right? Like Babe Ruth yeah. or Barry Bonds. Who's better?
1: Well, the answer to your question is Barry Bonds, but but yes, I I understand exactly what you're saying.
0: Yes, (laughs) he's better. (laughs) Yes, he has the better stats and stuff, but you know you can't compare errors, and I think that is the worst example possible. But. Do- dominance over era is important,
1: though, and like, yeah, but I, I think it's interesting. Like, if you were to make your personal top ten, Dude. where does Steph versus Kobe? That's like, I think they're right next to each other, somewhere in the,
0: in like the eight to twelve ish region, right? Like, yeah, no, for sure, for sure, yeah. Like, and that's the thing. And I think Kobe honestly gets, he gets overlooked often, as one of the goats, right? He gets overlooked a lot of times. As being so good just because of, well, his personal off-court drama, you know, uh, whether it be stuff he allegedly did or stuff with Shaq, you know, but... It's just it's just crazy, like yeah. It's it's a, oh, we can we can dedicate a whole episode of another podcast just to this.
1: Yeah, right. Maybe one day, maybe uh, at least a three minute TikTok we can do on that one. But uh, yeah, man, uh, it, that's always just a fun debate, though. I think Steph is it's the fact that this uh, Finals MVP and this fourth championship ring put Steph into that discussion. I think is most important. Like the Warriors dynasty, undeniable Steph Curry. Undeniably one of the best basketball players we've ever seen in our lives.
0: Okay, I have a big question for you, my friend. Stephen Kerr. Five rings as a player, four wings as a coach.
1: Yeah, man. That's impressive. Eat shit, Phil Jackson. Right. Am I right? <laughs> no, yeah, this guy's the new he's the new Zen master. That's exactly what he is.
0: Steve Kerr. He's the new Zen speaking, Master. If we're looking at numbers alone, isn't Stephen Kerr the goat of basketball? Huh.
1: Interesting. Well, Jerry West has a uh, has, a you know, something to say about it too, because he's got a lot of titles as an executive and a player. Uh, yeah, there are other, there are people on this list, but that's a very strong case, man. Uh, Steve Kerr. I feel the way about Steve Kerr's coaching that I did when I was a kid, just figuring out basketball about Phil Jackson. He seemed like the best coach, the coach of the stars, the team that he's coaching is always going to contend for a title.
0: Yeah. Exactly. It's like uh what's his face? From the Yankees ninety six. Torrey? Yeah, Joe Torrey. Like Joe, Joe Tory could have been manager. Like they that ninety six Yankees team could have had a broom, a mop on the corner, and they still would have won the, the <laughs> World Series that year. So you're saying they could have had Dave Roberts? <laughs> Bobby Valentine. <laughs> nice
1: in in full costume bobby valentino i love bobby valentine uh
0: i miss his crazy shenanigans yeah nothing beats when he got kicked out and like you mentioned came back with the fake mustache who does that
1: <laughs> a crazy man that's who does that bobby valentine uh we
0: salute you here on the Bam podcast mr yep. valentino speaking of baseball dude First update of World, or sorry, of All-Star Game Starters Ballots has come back. Want to talk about the Jays because we are from Toronto. Yes. The
1: only thing I've seen about this, you're going to have to give me a breakdown, but I did see four Blue Jays currently lead the possession. Uh, three? Three. I thought it was four.
0: Three. Yeah. It's, three.
1: it's It's Vlad, Bo, Kirk, and I thought someone else too.
0: Yeah. So there's four... Who can make it in? Three okay. who likely will be in. All right, three so, who are
1: currently in the three league. who are
0: currently in. Four who, you know what I mean. All right, I got pick you. First baseman Vladimir is first place in votes with nine hundred forty-seven thousand votes. Well, uh, I guess so. Yeah, we have Bo Bichette first place for shortstop at five hundred eighty-five thousand votes. The one that surprises me the most is Alejandro Kirk. No, first he place is for smart. catchers. He is
1: smacking ball. He's one of the best hitters, or has been for the past month. One of the best hitters in baseball. Yeah, so I know. I kind of believe that. He's just, you know, he's like small, chunky guys. Like you know, in some ways, the quintessential baseball player. Like not the evolutionary baseball player but like in some ways the platonic ideal of a baseball player alejandro this is kirk. what i want my base that's what i want my baseball players to look like i want my whole team to look like alejandro kirk five six just kind of chubby swatting the ball out of the park to all three uh places
0: of the look, stadium alejandro <laughs> kirk, taco he could he could replace one of us in the one would know the difference on this show <laughs> <laughs>
1: you not love about that oh you know know i'm
0: a mark for him i've always been a mark for him you know what's funny about alejandro kirk when we went when um jason and uh mike and i went to go watch the jays game i did everything in my power to get jason to buy a kirk jersey
1: Nice, that would have been a good but this call. Is Kirk, man, could be. But starting. this is
0: right before Kirk got super hot. So I'm like, dude, nice. this guy's, this guy's gonna do it. He's gonna be good. He's gonna be great. He's gonna be, just, just watch. And, and then, man, well, like, the reason remember, why this is, the, the this was like a week or two after Alejandro Kirk tripped over second and got out.
1: <laughs> well, man, the reason why the Jays got him was because he had like apparently this amazing bat that people were just like, you got, yeah, got to see this hitter who's also a catcher. And he's just a little guy, but man, can he swing the bat? And it's turning out that he's translated those skills to the major league. This guy's got a crazy, crazy bat. He's an excellent hitter.
0: Dude, here's the thing about Blue Jays and catchers before we move on. Because we have one more name to get to. We have three amazing catchers. They're not necessarily the best catchers, but they each bring something different to the table. If you were the GM, who would you trade?
1: Uh, are you talking about uh, Kirk, Danny Jansen, and Gabriel Marino? Correct, though. Okay, I think you have to trade Jansen, but he gives you the less, the least value, right? So Kirk is the one eat- I would trade. Well, Kirk, right now you could you could probably sell very high on Alejandro Kirk and get a good starting pitcher, maybe maybe you got to get something back in return that you need. If you trade Alejandro Kirk, I think that bat in the catcher position is just invaluable. He can also DH when you need him to, and you still have this Marino and you also like, I, I know I I don't necessarily want to trade any, I think all three have their place on this team at this moment. If for some reason you had to trade one, I get your logic. But I get you your logic. You would get the every most Every team
0: for Kirk. in the major leagues, every GM, even the shittiest of GMs, know what the Blue Jays need. Yep, of course. That's the issue. That's the issue right now. Right? It, it just sucks that I think out of the three, it's kind of like a Teles type of situation, you know, where mm-hmm. where, 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 where he just he's going to give us the most bang for our buck at this point and it sucks cuz i don't want to see him leave but i do think that alejandro kirk will not be a blue jay come august 1st
1: oof oof That's here first that's bold homie by god you did you pointed into the camera and everything you're
0: serious about that one yep 100% 100% and i hate to say it hate to say it and it bothers me it makes me sick it makes me want to drink more <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, nice
1: well that's a pretty good uh, way to cap off sports talk I think there's next actually week one we'll more talk... name.
0: that's George Springer okay. who's third place for the outfielders
1: oh George Springer okay I see so he would no that's the, he if he's third place for the outfielders yeah, Boris, he's a starter
0: yeah so, so that's he's what a starter so I was right place. there
1: was four names
0: I ah! never disagreed with you <laughs> do we have to pause uh... have a conversation come back <laughs> <laughs> yes we do no we don't we're fine no, we don't
1: uh, anyway I was, I was going to say uh, the NBA draft is Thursday so we are going to cover that like postscript. I don't have really a mock draft or anything ready although it is worth noting Boris that for a year and a half we've been hearing about Chet Holmgren going number one and it looks like That's not the case anymore. It looks like Jabari Smith is going to go number one to the Orlando Magic. Chet Holmgren will fall probably to the Thunder at number two. We'll see how it all shakes down, but the betting odds have flipped. Jabari Smith is now the favorite to go number one in the NBA draft. Do you know
0: why this has happened? Like, what's going on? What's the reasoning behind Uh, this? I think it's just plain and simple. The team
1: team that won the lottery likes this player more than the other player, period. It's not a big, it's not like, oh, Chet Holmgren this, Chet Holmgren that. There are questions about Chet, obviously, which is why they like Jabari more. Uh, He's he's like a skinny guy, Chet Holmgren is. Uh, There's questions of whether or not he can create his own shot at the NBA level. But that, man, if he pans out to be the way you think he might, which is the ultimate stretch five, a center who can guard the rim, and shoot the three the way we wanted Chris Stapp's Porzingis to be, maybe, right? That's who Chet Holmgren could be. And he doesn't necessarily need to create his own shot. He could be like the third option on a championship team kind of guy, right? So and maybe they think Jabari Smith is like a LeBron James or yeah. like uh, a number one banana. And that's yeah. what Orlando needs.
0: Kyrie Irvin, where does he end up?
1: Oof, Knicks or Lakers. Probably, <sighs> I'm guessing, somehow on your Lakers. And he's going to do one last Batman Robin thing with yeah. your boy LeBron James. oh you love it you are you are
0: literally gouging your own eyes out right now i don't understand the lakers i don't understand (laughs) what they've done like which la team is worse off for the future the lakers or the clippers well they the clippers still have
1: on paper in theory Kawhi leonard so the lakers are worse off who (laughs) Uh, the claw have? he he once won a championship in this fine city of ours
0: <laughs> i love how bitter we still are over
1: that. <laughs> well if you would have stayed we'd be four-time champions that's all i'm saying prove me wrong right. you can't you can't tell me i'm wrong
0: before we move on from sports i just want a yes no answer to this i don't want to get into it it's just a yes no does Deshaun watson play a game this season yes all right let's move sadly. on sadly
1: sadly yes Let's move on. Uh, also, prove me wrong. All right, so we have uh, we have two impact wrestling shows to talk about here. Entering wrestling chapter. Do you want to Hold start on. with the good Hold one on. or Hold the on. bad Hold one? On. Hold on.
0: <laughs> you use the term "show" vaguely on this. <laughs> we have one uh, show, yes, and one something. Oh, it was,
1: yeah, a fever dream, an acid trip, a vile, disgusting mess with some actual good, innovative, interesting ideas in there and something that deserved to die on the day it started, but somehow made it 20 years, Boris, Impact Wrestling.
0: All right. So so, so, so where do you want to start? What are you thinking? What's in your gut of guts? What are you thinking?
1: Well, see, this is the thing. Like, I, I had a plan of watching the first five or 10 NWA TNA episodes, maybe even starting like a retro wrestling podcast, which I still might do. I still might start a wrestle a retro pod here on SNME someday and create a uh, logo.
0: You son of a bitch!
1: Oh, it's it's still there, buddy. I'm still I'm still gonna use it. But anyway, I just at this moment, a there's a lot of wrestling to watch for BAM and NXT talk, and I, I can't time wise start a third podcast right now. But B, more importantly, I watched this first TNA show, and I have. Absolutely fucking zero desire to do this ever again. Their life is too short. Life is just too short to watch this nonsense, man. So let's just talk man, about this. Let's you're get it to out sound of like the me way after a horrible one night stand. <laughs> hey, oh, <laughs> boy, is that why you're sick? What do you have right now? Bars? <laughs> right, let's go all the way back to June 19th, 2002. The Von Braun Civic Center in Huntsville, Alabama. 2002.
0: 2002 so this is what june of 2002 what grade were you in 10 i
1: was in grade 10 yes and i would actually was i just finishing grade 10 i guess I in uh june of 2002 i believe yeah you might be right about that yeah i think yeah you're right i just did finish good call wow you know my life better than i do finished it yeah and, uh, yeah, just living life, living it up, man. Just listening to tunes, you know, uh, city high. What would you do if your son was
0: at home? Crying <laughs> all
1: alone Dude. on the bedroom
0: floor. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> locked door and all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, man. So it was, was a different time, though. I was just going to ask, how was your life in 2002?
0: My life was uh, similar to this life. So, basically, uh, high out of my ass. High out of my ass, I should say. Oh, okay. Um, Going into grade 12, a lot of pressure on me because I was... Okay, so here in Ontario, we used to have a grade 13, which is seen as a preparatory grade before university. Mm -hmm. They cut that off literally in 2002. So I was a part of the first class that didn't have grade 13, or as we called it, OAC. Now, this graduating class of 2003 was double the size then. So it was double the people applying to university, double everything. I I had this new curriculum of, you know, putting the five years in four, and there was just so much pressure leading into this. So I knew in the back of my head that this was going to be the last summer I really had. And it really was because in summer of 2003, I started working in the kitchen, never had time for anything, was going into university. So yeah, so this was like the last summer I honestly had 20 years ago, which is funny because I literally go to my nephew and like, my nephew, and I'm like, hey, Alex, this is the last summer you're going to have, so enjoy this summer. (laughs)
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's both good uncling and a uh,
0: chilling uh, ruthless way to be an uncle. Well, but it's uh, good. you know this is <laughs> it's similar to how I would treat a NXT call up.
1: <laughs> Are like, you uh, sure yeah, I this is what you okay. want? know what you're getting into kid but uh (laughs) yeah man the summer of boris i love it so did you spend the summer of boris watching this show live did you see it live or did you see it later did you see it when did you first see
0: this show boris (laughs) two days ago
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god
0: Uh, why would you do this to me why would you do this to me you know what's funny Uh, be
1: be thankful i've called off the first uh five
0: Oh my god, do you understand how much beer would have been consumed if we actually had to do this show? But here's the <laughs> thing about about all of this is I remember hearing about TNA on the law and kind of being curious so much so that for our younger listeners who don't know, these were pay-per-view specials, 9.99 here in Canada on Viewer's Choice Pay-Per-View, 9.99 every Wednesday live. So I f- believe I ordered episode 5 was the first one i watched okay so yeah interesting So yeah, so this is,
1: I did not watch it live. I did end up seeing TNA matches on the internet very early, like Kazaa and Napster downloading. I saw some X-Division matches, but I I had not seen a full live TNA show until I bought my first one, I believe in 2003 or 2004. Uh, I think I might, we might have to watch number five when that comes along, because I did want to have my buddy Sully on, because I believe it was number five or seven that he bought for the first time, and he has kind of a similar story. But it's weird, because we were all kind of cheating for TNA to some extent, because this was about, what, 18 months after WCW and ECW had folded, it was after the invasion ended by, like, what, six, seven months? And we had no other competition, really, no other anything. Ring of Honor had already started up, but it was just some indie. In the summer of 2002, it was an indie that had four shows. We had no idea what Ring of Honor was going to be, though it was an exciting concept and already was getting buzz. It was still a very, very small situation, right? So this on pay-per-view with all the big names who weren't signed to a major company, the major company. This was potentially pretty cool and interesting and it did have some buzz.
0: Yeah, especially because like when you see how the show ended, that particular wrestler hasn't been wasn't seen since 99, right? So there there was a lot of buzz. There was a lot of buzz with this show. It was, you know, the competition, this is the first non-WWE produced big time show, right? So Yeah, there was there was going to be a lot of buzz. Yes. So
1: downsides, it is just uncut weapons grade (laughs) Nicaraguan Vince Russo, Ed Ferrara. It is just like just they don't have a television filter on them. This is pay-per-view. So the show begins with Jeremy Borash, voice of TNA. He introduces us to Don West, and I believe Don West is the first face we actually see, which is very nice. Uh, uh, We'll talk about it on the next show, but there's a a very nice tribute to Don West, who is currently battling cancer. It was nice to see him. Then we see Ed Ferrara looking like the scummiest, skeeviest man who ever lived. White man dreadlocks, gross leather jacket. Ed Ferrara cracking TNA jokes on his way to the ring, and this is already really lowbrow.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah, this it started off just like, wow, I am glad I never watched this episode, because if I actually saw this live, I would have been pretty upset.
1: Yeah, paying $10 for this at this moment, I would have I would have been looking for a
0: refund. And we're looking at like an 18 year old Boris. Like, let's remember this, too. And even this was like (laughs) disgusting for me. Like, this is just like, nah, man, this isn't cool
1: yeah, exactly. So, and it's just like it's just like gross skeevy like Ed Ferrara, Ugh, Ugh, you just like douche chills as they say. Anyway. So we see the duality of TNA right away as Mike Tanay at ringside gives us a nice speech about the, the legends of wrestling who are in attendance and, you know, professional wrestling will be restored and the NWA world heavyweight championship and this and that Jeremy Borash back to the ring, introduces all these legends who come out, Harley race, Dory funk, junior bullet, Barb, bullet, Bob Armstrong, Jackie Fargo strutting his way to the ring. And of course, Boris Corsica, Joe Corsica, yep. Joe. Yep. <laughs> Uh, Then comes then out comes Ricky Steamboat with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, saying that basically tonight we will have a classic Vince Russo staple battle royal with a singles match at the end. It is the 20 man gauntlet for the gold. It is a Royal Rumble style battle royal. And the last two men will wrestle in a match. The winner is your NWA World Heavyweight Champion. So Jeff Jarrett comes out says the main event will suck and is a bad idea and starts basically shooting, quote-unquote, on the legends. Jackie Fargo, you were uh, never shit, blah, blah, blah. Dory Funk, did you ever win a world championship in a battle royal? This idea sucks. Out comes Ken Shamrock, a babyface, who agrees with the heel that the main event of this show that we pay $10 for will suck. Out comes Scott Hall through the crowd to a hero's welcome, the coolest guy on the show, who agrees that this match will suck. And we wasted our $10, essentially. The weirdest thing I've ever seen. Three characters, a a heel and two babyfaces, come out and tell us that the main event that they just booked will suck.
0: Yep. Yep. It's funny because I feel like the logic... Remember, we're coming (laughs) off of... I don't know how I'm trying to justify this. We're coming off of an era where being a douche, we're being negative, we're being whatever was cool, right? Like, remember, Scott Hall and the NWO made being douchey cool. And the amount of time, if we were to go back and watch every episode of WCW Nitro and Thunder, I'm sure they made fun of their own product a thousand and one times. So I'm sure that this was, you know, par for course it's true
1: to some extent i wonder if this was written or if it just was like you guys go out and do your thing and they all just felt that way you know yep. what i mean but like if this was a script that they were given that's insane i yep. i i don't understand it at all but that's how the
0: first tna show started may <laughs> right I, there may, 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 are we done with this segment are we going to the back because i need to yeah we're this. going <laughs> to the back to have the least hardest-working reporter (laughs) in all of professional wrestling, Goldilocks. Interviewing little person wrestler puppet,
1: the Psycho Dwarf, who says that midgets, his words, are the true stars of wrestling, and all he wants is midget blood, his words. He heard TNA has brought in Tio and Hollywood, who are midget wrestlers, and then Jeff Jarrett walks by Angry because he's Jeff Jarrett. Pissed off, if you will, because he's Jeff Jarrett. Don't piss him off. That's a bad uh, thing to do. And uh, Puppet the Psycho Dwarf is a little uh, miffed at Jeff Jarrett. A seed planted for the
0: future, Boris. By God. The worst here in all of this was Goldilocks, again, making fun of the product almost by making faces <laughs> as Psycho Dwarf is talking. <laughs> to be fair. To be fair. <laughs> Uh, she was talking to Puppet. Puppet
1: Psycho <laughs> Dwarf. <it> so. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so <laughs> match number one. We just uttered the- <laughs> those words on a podcast. <laughs> yes we did see that's what i'm worried about man this is it it is fun to talk about because it's so bad but i actually have to sit there and watch this stuff to do this and i don't like that two hours of my life being wasted anyway match number one the only good thing the only great thing the only thing worth watching on this entire show unless you want to see the train wreck aspect of it six man tag aj styles low-key and jerry lynn the first three wrestlers we see on this wrestling show versus the flying Elvis impersonators of Jorge Estrada, Sonny Siaki, and Jimmy Wang Yang.
0: Yep. Estrada being the MVP of this match, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of, like, all six people performed really well. This was a
1: good Sonny this Siaki match is great. performance. This He's match very, was very great. sloppy. Yeah. Sonny Siaki, usually sloppy. And if we watch more A, we will see that, but... Yeah, this was this was great. Everyone was awesome. The crowd was super duper into it. At this moment, if this was going to be the wrestling we saw on this show, it was like, okay, I can maybe deal with the absolute nonsense. Maybe they'll calm down. Maybe Vince Russo will get fired in three or four weeks and not come here back and forth on and off until 2011. Boris,
0: Mike Taney, in this match, yes. did a yes, AJ Styles phenomenal job of just putting over the X Division. 100%. 100,000%. Like,
1: it's not about weight limits. It's about no limits, Boris.
0: Yeah, no limits is essentially exactly what he said. And, you know, man, can you imagine being Mike Taney, like working your ass off, putting this stuff over as best as he can? Meanwhile, it's like, you know, dumpster fire all around you. <laughs> Literally, like, this is fine. Mike Taney
1: is the dog in the this is fine meme with the burning building around him, man. That's exactly what's happening. But this was a great match. This was the best thing on this show by a country mile. It was a little spotty, you know what I mean? It's a little bit of a spot fest, but it was exactly what the first match of TNA needed to be, and the crowd ate it up with a spoon. Great job by Mike Tanay and Don West, and Ed Ferrara basically shut the fuck up. So that was good, too. Four TNAs out of five for this. Four total nonstop actions. Four asylums out of five, let's say. And uh, if we did a top 102 of 2002,
0: this would be on the list, Boris. Yeah, right. So... Here's the thing. I'm I'm moving on. Uh after <laughs> going in the ring and opening the show about respecting tradition, respecting legends. Ooh, you know, this is all about professional wrestling. We got girls in cages, my friend.
1: Yeah women dancing in cages like uh yeah women dancing in cages on your wrestling show and uh yeah not in like it didn't seem like a like a cool like chic like 1960s 70s austin powers thing it seemed degrading this is the stuff that you know
0: we pay for on the weekends right like not we just like (laughs) the general we like it it was just Uh, like (laughs)
1: This is lowbrow and cheesy, and it lasted for years. It made us all look gross, but that's what made it TNA, Uh, Boris. Um, Match number two, a midget match, their words, Hollywood versus Tio. Uh, Terrible, absolutely terrible wrestling match. Tio wins in three minutes. Uh, Picture... Picture a little person wrestling match in three minutes on a Vince Russo wrestling show. That's what this is. That's what this Some was.
0: Some would say, drumroll please, this was a short match also. <laughs> Uh, looks
1: like we made it, Boris. You did it, buddy. I'm proud of you in this moment. We'll give it. Uh, we'll give it one star because it wasn't embarrassing to wrestling. And believe me, many things on this show were embarrassing to wrestling. This was simply very bad pro wrestling. One asylum out of five for this one. Speaking of very bad and embarrassing, just cringe-worthy, awful stuff. Ed Ferrara, the sleaziest man I have ever seen with my own eyes, and Don West in a Hawaiian shirt, who looks like James Bond next to this guy, are out to announce a lingerie battle royal for next week. It was sad to see Daphne out here doing this nonsense, knowing how her T- TNA career went. Like Actually, like my heart kind of sank seeing Daphne out here. But the names were Daphne Francine, a woman named Joni, Mickey James, Alexis Luray, uh, and then a woman named Sasha, a woman named Aaron, a woman named Electra, who I've never seen before, Taylor Vaughn, who was the former BB in WWF. Um, so, yeah, so this was a terrible promo. Ed Ferrara just being grotesque and cringy as all hell. There's a catfight. Somebody accuses Francine of single-handedly causing ECW to go out of business, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard on a wrestling show.
0: That was Electra. Yep, yep,
1: yep. Bottom of the barrel, dirt, worst, garbage here. Just absolutely pathetic uh, attempt at entertainment. Uh, It ends with Francine promising to be crowned the first ever Miss TNA next week. God save me.
0: Let's move on. Uh, To the back,
1: Boris, and it's your girl, Goldilocks, with Mortimer Plumtree, Mortimer Plumtree, so God bless him, he tried, he is a heel manager, so he introduces us to his tag team, named the Johnsons. Who were his uh,
0: former, you gotta get the story, gotta get the background, my friend, his former childhood bullies turned wrestlers.
1: Yes, so these guys used to torment him in school and now, for some reason, Mortimer Plumtree is in control of these men and, I guess, to humiliate them, he is making them dress up and name themselves after Cocks, for lack of a better term. These men's gimmick uh, is that they are penises. So the Johnsons are two very jacked men in, like, skin-tight bodysuit, flesh-coloured bodysuit, they, they are the Johnsons. They are indeed the Johnsons, Boris. You know,
0: I'm going to stop you right there. And I'm going <laughs> to say, I will never criticize NXT 2.0 this much. <laughs> and I know I'm going to eat these words tonight. <laughs> oh, man. That's
1: what I mean. Like, we, this actually, it's it, it's kind of good to watch this because it'll make us watch, like NXT 2.0 more. because It this, gives you appreciation
0: this. of just how bad... Russo wrestling actually was Wrestling can be. Yeah. Russo was, and
1: how how bad this this medium, this art form, quote unquote, could be. There's nothing artistic about this. They tried to they tried to work a wrestling match, but it was the announcers cracking dick jokes the whole time. The Johnson's defeat. Listen to these two names that the Johnson's defeat on the first TNA pay-per-view. The Johnsons go. The Johnsons,
0: over. Richard, aka Dick, <laughs> and Rod Johnson.
1: Yes, Richard. Johnson, aka Dick Johnson, and Rodney Johnson, aka Rod Johnson's defeat. Lucha Libre Legend Psychosis Nicho El Millonaro and the cowboy James Storm who still appears wrestling in TNA to this day. Boris, did you see the Johnsons on Slammiversary last night? I did I, not.
0: I saw many Johnsons, but not these Johnsons. <laughs>
1: Absolutely dirt worse. The only question is how many negative stars to give this. Was this one negative one star, which, in my opinion, our opinion here at BAM is simply embarrassing to wrestling, or was this negative five
0: stars one of the worst things you've ever seen in your life? I think my joke is going to make it negative one stars because some would say (laughs) psychosis and James Storm found the Johnsons too hard to defeat. (laughs)
1: Uh, you're, you're just doing Ed Ferrara. Now you're just doing Ed Ferrara. No, I love it, Boris. Sometimes yeah, we're not actually on the show. I'm all about low hanging fruit, <laughs> hey, man. Yeah. So we're gonna go negative one star because honestly, I do think like I've sadly I've seen worse than the Johnsons in professional wrestling. Arguably, to come on this show,
0: to come on this show, all right. And also, <laughs> some would even say Jesus, the climax. Lord, this match climaxed prematurely. Hey, oh, no, I'm getting a beer. Oh, no,
1: we're going to have to review this whole fucking fucking program, aren't we? We're going to have to continue this. Oh, God, we're having too much fun. No, I won't spend two hours a day. Oh, not a day, but a week watching this. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Goldilocks, your girl backstage with the Dup's. The dups. One of these dups, stand up, would go on to be Trevor Murdoch. Somehow, this gimmick is even grosser and more hick than Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> so the dups drink beer, but someone, Bill Barron's namely, comes backstage and tells them they can't drink. They can't drink on this wrestling show. So that's always good because it's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin was popular in 2002 or anything. Pretty
0: good idea here for TNA. June. Of 2002. Funny enough, wasn't that when Austin, like, walked out?
1: <laughs> I believe it was in the middle of his walkout. Yeah. Maybe this was trying to get Austin in. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, so the Dups are literally, and I say this with all the grace I can muster, cousin fucking hillbillies. That is their gimmick. Yep. They are incest, and they one of them eats his own boogers on the way to the ring. That is the dups. We will see a lot of the dups over the coming weeks if we
0: continue this, which we won't. I refuse to. Oh, I, I almost want to just for my low-hanging fruit jokes.
1: <sighs> yeah, right? So in the ring, a vile, vile segment. Oh. Two NASCAR drivers, Hermie Sadler and Sterling Martin, come out to the ring. Alabama crowd loves them. That's not the vile part.
0: So oh, I thought it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> out, comes, out comes K-Crush. Who runs down the two NASCAR drivers and the words, my kind and your kind, get exchanged liberally here. Can we tell people who K-Crush is? K-Crush is our truth. Ron Killings, Ron the Truth Killings, K-Crush, the former K-Quick in WWE. Now, he actually got a little bit of a push here and. I kind of get what they were going for, but this was the wrong kind of heat because the NASCAR drivers respond to K Crush saying they aren't athletes by saying you're not an athlete because of the way you look. You come into the ring dressed like that and looking like that and you pretend to be a professional athlete, which is just a grotesque, disgusting thing to say to try to get cheers and to successfully get those cheers. So, of everything on this show, I think this may be the least comfortable. This was like, uh, this is just absolute garbage. On the plus side, it's setting up like it's it, K Crush was given a script. This is. Uh, you know what I mean, entertainment, using that word loosely, but still, I can't believe that they scripted it like this in front of these Alabama fans, and the Alabama fans ate it up like a spoon, with a spoon. So, and possibly the worst, most offensive part of all of this, in a way, is that Brian Christopher runs down, making the quote-unquote save, attacking K-Crush, and siding with the NASCAR drivers, and then Brian Christopher being the fakest... Oh, like white black guy of all time, like doing the the worst. You know Brian Christopher's gimmick, the worst Eminem, the worst Vanilla Ice. What is this guy? You know, but he Brian Christopher in character calling out K. Crush, basically doing a black guy saying get out of here, black guy, right? Like what the what the hell was this segment? What the fuck did they put on pay per view? What are we
0: watching? <laughs> yeah, this is something that happened.
1: Insanity. Absolute insanity. And this sets up a match between NASCAR driver and Our truth Ironically, the whole rub here was that TNA was going to have a NASCAR car in the NASCAR series. But this guy, Hermie Sadler, didn't, or Sterling Martin, was it? I don't know. Whatever. Maybe both. Maybe neither. Nobody qualified for the NASCAR season. So these guys, unfortunately, were not good enough to actually make it worth TNA's while.
0: Didn't Mike Sanders, like, in the next couple weeks, lose to someone notable from F1 or NASCAR or some shit like that?
1: I'm sure, yeah. Both of these guys wrestled a fair bit in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. So it's to the back
1: where Jeff Jarrett is just (laughs) beating the shit out of Jackie Fargo, (laughs) randomly just choking this old man. And then back to the ring where we have our fourth match of the night. Christian York and Joey Matthews former ECW tag team couple good guys versus stand up and bowed up with their cousin girlfriend fluffed up
0: Fluff dup. fluffed up fluffed <laughs> up
1: cousin fucking gravy sweating nose picking booger eating hillbillies and they win the match in four minutes defeating Christian York and Joey Matthews, uh, at least minus one, possibly minus five. This
0: one, honestly, so, this one's closer. This one, was this. I hated this more than the Johnsons. I really did. Here's the thing about this match. This is why I hated it more. And this is like, this just goes to show you that, like, Vince Russo never had any idea of booking. You get two absolutely ridiculous tag team matches right back to back.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point, too. I didn't even think of that. I love boom, how we're boom.
0: trying to bring logic into this shit. <laughs>
1: Hat upon a hat upon a hat. So yeah, so as long like as long as we're, you know, like really in the hick here, this is an Alabama show where stand up and bowed up just one, we get a country music concert from Toby Keith. Somehow less hick than the thing we just saw. Toby Keith, it's a Toby Keith concert. He's a professional musician doing a good job. And Jeff Jarrett interrupts it mid-song, and the concert ends. That's the end of the Toby Keith concert because we must put over Stone Cold Jeff Jarrett even more, Boris. We must show you that this is the most badass, coolest guy in the history of wrestling. Jeff Jarrett. Who started this company again? Uh, <laughs> Jerry Jarrett and <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, I believe it was.
0: Oh, my God. This is just insane. Look, here's the thing. And, and, and okay, let's have a serious conversation if we can. I understand. Like they're really trying hard to get that WCW southern crowd, right? It's obvious. Yes. Yes. It's obvious, but at the same time, <laughs> it's like they're they're mocking them at the same time. And this is where like the Vince Russo effect yes! comes in, right?
1: Exactly. Russo is openly mocking the
0: southern wrestling. That's so well put. That's exactly so, what it is. Because like one thing is doing this stuff, having some of these characters, but then you literally have fucking cousins <laughs> not fucking cousins, fucking <laughs> no, cousins. Quite you know? literally. Yeah, and and, it, and there's other stuff throughout the show, and it's like, you know, and, and then going back, like I said earlier, you're trying to respect wrestling, respect tradition, and then you do all this stuff. It's like, how are you trying to garner the southern conservative wrestling viewer to watch your stuff?
1: Absolutely mind-blowing. I don't get it. I do not understand it.
0: For the life of me. Yep.
1: Yep. This leads us to more women
0: dancing in cages...
1: Yes. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett does get on the mic after interrupting Toby Keith because he's got to like not only show us, but tell us that he's a badass. He's going to win the world title. Uh, Toby, no one wants to see you or hear your music. So yes, women dancing in cages, gauntlet for the gold, the fake ass Royal Rumble, Vince Russo style. So 90 second intervals. They did have the full 90 second clock on the corner, so, which look, I do think more was sense interesting than
0: a reverse royal, battle royals. So like, <laughs> I I'll will take give it. them this credit. I will give them credit for this. Cause that reverse battle royal, I always forgot how horrible those were. Those were until Slammiversary's pre-show,
1: <laughs> and it was bad. All right, so we'll quickly, all, so kind of go through this whole thing quick. So number one, Jeff Jarrett, because he's the coolest, baddest ass that has ever lived. Number two, Buff Bagwell. Buff is the stuff. Fresh off being disgraced from uh, WWE, kicked off Monday Night. Nitro slash Raw from his terrible Booker T match. So Jarrett eliminates Buff in, like, what, 30 seconds? Shit houses this guy. Makes him look terrible.
0: Entrant number three is someone who was, all, like, I honestly thought he was, he deserved a better career. Yeah, absolutely. He was a little bit
1: underrated. Lash LaRue comes to the ring number three. Literally does not get a single offensive move in. Gets the shit beaten out of him. Stroke tossed out of the
0: ring like a now jobber. when we say stroke we mean the finisher we have to be <laughs> specific with this show
1: we actually do yes jeff Jarrett's finishing move known as the stroke also misses uh skull crushing finale essentially it's a little different but it's basically the same move then, number, tr- four, number four
0: four living legend himself we'll see him later tonight interrupting and trying to break up a fight i'm sure norman smiley two guesses for how this one went (laughs) stroke
1: get the fuck out of here number five we have apollo who's a a big ass
0: dude yep he's from puerto rico yeah so he
1: actually lasted in this match the first guy to, to not get thrown out by stone cold jeff jarrett number six k crush the man who should have won this battle royal
0: yep agreed agreed but here we are here we are
1: All right, number seven, Slash with Father James Mitchell. Number eight, Del Rios, who was uh, a fake Scott Steiner, basically. Yep. Number nine,
0: Justice, the Future Abyss was in this battle royal. Yeah, yeah. I for it's so funny because I never would have thought, uh, like not never thought, but I completely forgot that he was a thing. And he reminds me for 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 Dax who listens to this show, Street Fighter, Third Strike, Hugo.
1: <laughs> nice. I have no idea what you're talking about, but Just very good. Yeah, Just do was... a quick
0: search. Just do a search really quick at some point. You'll, you'll uh, see it was basically the uh, same character.
1: Nice, nice. Looking like a young rhino. Uh, number ten, Conan. Who uh, he's looking jacked, hitting that hitting that cycle pretty good. So Conan, this in is a, like,
0: you know what the sad part is, and this is honestly how I looked at this show. Oh, Conan's here, like three hip surgeries ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, he takes a bump for a choke slam a little later, which yeah, that was that was very clear. Number eleven, Bruce of the Rainbow Express, uh, Rainbow Express, introduced by Joel Gertner. Yep. Good
0: heavens. Yep. That was a thing.
1: So, yeah, in Alabama, gay people are heels. That's the way that goes. Number 12, Rick Steiner. So we actually injected a little bit of life into this thing, Rick which is nice. Rick, Yes, Rick with 1K Steiner. Rick Breaker, if you will, Braun Breaker Sr. He eliminates Slash and Abyss, a.k.a. Justice. Next, it's The Wall. It's The Wall, brother. Malice at number 13. This guy is just terrible. He compa- he combines the worst parts of Sid and Sheamus to make the most disgusting, gross. He's like Sid plus Seamus with Nathan Frazier's haircut.
0: I say Van Hammer and Aleister Black. <laughs> not, the, <laughs> uh, not the talent. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, sir. But kind of the look. Yeah, I love it. So Malice chokeslams the shit out of everyone. Conan takes the worst chokeslam I have ever seen in my life. Pat Patterson and Jerry Briscoe routinely took better chokeslams than this. Malice eliminates Bruce. He eliminates truth. He eliminates our friggin' truth. The wall, brother, eliminates our truth from this. Get the fuck out of here. Eliminates fake Scott Steiner Del Rio. Eliminates real Rick Steiner. And eliminates Conan. Yeah. Number 14, Scott Hall. I love how they kept calling him the outlaw. Yeah, man. Looking at the list, the motley crew of shithead jabronis that have been in this match, Scott Hall looked like Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Hulk Hogan rolled into one. I said "Our truth should have won this thing. Maybe Scott Hall should have won this thing. Just put the NWA title on him and say no. he's finally, I know, I know he was a fuck up, but he looked like a million bucks here. year. They should have given him the first title, I think. Him or Truth? That should have been the final of this N- battle royal. P- Truth P- versus P- Scott Hall.
0: Speak for yourself. Entrant number fifteen should have won the entire thing.
1: Wildcat, Braden Walker, your boy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Braden Walker did not last very long Whoa, in this on. one. Chris Just Harris, remember. Braden Walker.
0: As he comes wildcat. out, as he comes out, everyone thinks it's Key, uh, uh, Toby Keith.
1: <laughs> it is not Toby Keith. Yeah, because, yeah, because when his entrance hit Toby Keith, that's when Toby Keith comes out to eliminate J squared double J Jeff Jarrett. So, yeah, so Toby Keith and Jeff Jarrett, that feud's continuing. And unfortunately, uh, Braden Walker was in the Battle Royal, not Toby Keith. Yep. Yep.
0: All right. Yes.
1: Chris Harris, number 15, number 16, Gangrel, known as the Vampire Warrior in this one. So that's OK. I like Gangrel. It was nice to see Gangrel.
0: You know him. what's crazy? He looks in better shape now than he did on this show
1: in two thousand two. You're so right. He does, man. Yeah, he was looking a little rough in uh, two thousand two. Uh, I think he was released in early two thousand from WWE.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know I what's might be crazy? Like Scott Hall. This is June, right? He was released what May earlier, like just yeah. a couple months before, like a month before, it, and he it looks was pretty like recent. He does not look good in this match. Like, wow. Uh, it's so funny that you say that because he
1: doesn't look like Razor Ramon but he still looks so much better than everyone else but I agree like he wasn't he was looking you could see the wear and tear
0: Yeah there's also wear and tear on uh the next entrant Devin Storm
1: Devin Storm uh crowbar. one of the forgotten one of the forgotten men of the of the Monday Night Wars crowbar extreme warfare revenge standout Devin Storm uh, yes, he was number 17. Number 18, our boy here on BAM, Steve Carino. He could have gotten more play. I wouldn't have kicked him out of bed if he was the world champion. Number 19, Ken Shamrock sideburns. Also Ken Shamrock.
0: I love the sideburns that he's sported here. Oh,
1: my God. Crazy sideburns for the world's most dangerous man. It's like he's and trying to be the 20, rock or something. <coughs> and not, not succeeding, Boris. Uh, number 20, Brian fucking Christopher fucking fucking christopher brian christopher goes on a huge run because i guess he's the baby face that we're pushing on this show brian christopher eliminates chris harris and Devin storm and gangrel
0: and steve carino eat shit no the final four Ugh. for episode one of what became impact 20 years later <laughs> was malice scott the Hall, wall brother apollo and Ken shamrock unbelievable so yeah ken
1: shamrock eliminated brian christopher to give us the final four of apollo the wall aka malice scott hall and ken shamrock malice eliminates apollo fellow giant stiff and malice eliminates scott hall which i was not a fan of and of course scott hall went for the razor's edge by the ropes why would you do it scott of course he was gonna backdrop you over the top ropes
0: Yep, that's that's a thing
1: So that's the battle royal portion. That leaves us with Ken Shamrock versus Malice, aka The Wall, for the NWA Championship. And who was the
0: special guest referee? Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Uh, This is like a, you know, you know what this honestly felt like watching this? Living in Little Town, USA or Little Town, Canada. And going to an indie show with all these names of, you know, formerly known as or whatever, right? Like, this show was so weird. Except you got a Toby Keith concert in the
1: middle for some reason. But yeah, so weird. So these guys went five minutes. They tried hard. I was actually impressed at how good Shamrock was looking. Like, he was looking like a confident worker. You could tell that they were going to put the world title on him just in the way that this match went in the brief period it did. And uh, yeah, Shamrock wins with... What was it? The be- the his belly to belly suplex that he used from time yeah. to time pins the wall, brother Malus. Uh, weird match overall. I would say like it wasn't the worst Royal Rumble I would see. I had seen not good in any way. Let's go two asylums out of five for the whole package.
0: Yeah. Here's a little bit of irony. Not is this irony? I don't know what the. I'll I'll tell you and people can decide. What I <laughs> love about this is that this is Ken Shamrock winning the title. That Dan Severin vacated.
1: Interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. That is a little good note there. Um, yeah, man. So, if I would have paid ten bucks for this, I, I never again. Absolutely, you know what I love again.
0: about this? Because you couldn't let your new T, uh, NWA champion celebrate. How does the show actually end? Uh, I just closed my notes and I've blocked it out of my memory. Boris, take it away. <laughs> (laughs) All right, so after the match, Fargo and Keith come down to the ring. Uh, They say that Scott Hall is going to be fighting Jeff Jarrett next week. Hall comes down, Jarrett comes down, and they brawl to close the show. So you don't even have your new NWA champion celebrating to end the show. It is Scott Hall and your owner, Jeff Jarrett.
1: Yes, Stone Cold Jeff Jarrett. Thank you. Yeah, I actually forgot because, but they brought him back out to close the show because they had more time. I don't know why they rushed the Shamrock Malice match. Could have give them five more minutes, but no, man. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett came back out to brawl with Scott Hall some more.
0: Say what you want about Cody Rhodes (laughs) when he was an EVP. he didn't do Never this. Never has been.
1: Never, didn't ever do this. was close to this bad. So yeah, that is the absolute terror, the indigenous burial ground that Impact Wrestling has been built on. This is terrible. And you know, maybe for fun we'll do a couple more, but I really just don't want to dedicate two hours of my life to watching this terrible shit. Just bad. Just disgusting. Yep. <laughs> Oh, man, (laughs) I'm sweating my balls off. I need a break. I need to go refill my water. I was I was fired up for that.
0: Taking a short break. I have another beer. I coughed up a lung. It seems like I'm still tearing from all the coughing. How are you doing, Matt? (laughs) And from the Johnsons, I'm doing much better. I towelled my face off, all the, not Johnsons, because of the Johnsons, and around my mouth, <laughs> like
1: <liquid. laughs> Oh, Lord in heaven! Uh, no, I've got a refill of water here, and uh, I'm ready to talk a little wrestling news. Let's break up these two wrestling shows with a little bit of news. Kashida's back. Kushida is
0: back. Brr, brr, like, 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 let's celebrate a little. You know what's cool? It's the fact that um, actually not cool. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. Anyways, earlier today in the road Two shows of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling after the main event, should we, should we spoil the main event for people? No, we'll talk about it later. All right. So there was a good match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight match when the match ended. Kushida comes out and he confronts, confronts the champion and he essentially says, I'm here, bitches. Yes, I will retire in a New Japan ring.
1: And the match was, yeah, Taiji Ishimori versus Hiromu Takahashi. Apparently a really good match. Uh, And yeah, uh, Kushida is back and he's gunning for that junior title again.
0: Which is interesting just because, you know, the whole thing was he left because he didn't want to be in that division anymore.
1: I feel you. But, you know, the grass is always greener. He went over. He saw what NXT 2.0 was. And it doesn't mean that he's going to spend the rest of his career here. This is where he
0: started. Yeah, here's the thing. Well, that's number one, right? Let's get a huge match because the, the person he's going to face, I believe they're going to have a fantastic match. Uh, number two of of note is he was talking afterwards, and he says that he still lives in the States, but he will yeah. move from Orlando to Los Angeles and make all the dates as he has to. So this opens him up to be on New Japan Strong a lot as well.
1: Exactly right, and I think that's probably where he would do a lot of his best work. He would have a lot more fresh opponents, maybe chances to
0: win the tag team title if he gets a partner, whatever it dude, could be. So, filthy Tom Lawler versus Kushida. Oh just, man, just just give me that match right now.
1: Hook it to my veins, yeah, man. uh I, Yeah, we both love Kushida's work. Chris he Dickinson. got a raw
0: deal. Chris yeah. Dickinson versus Kushida. Hook that to my veins. Oh,
1: I'll watch. I'll watch Moxley versus Kushida i was literally gonna say that the next blood sport moxley versus kushida oh my god let's do it kushida versus biff music we saw it in nxt and it ruled we saw it in nxt and it ruled how about exactly. with the shackles
0: off exactly so, yeah, i'm so that's, happy that's... for him i'm so happy for him look i'm not i'm not gonna shit on wwe or nxt stuff happens right he took a gamble on him <laughs> well you can just tranquilo he took a gamble on himself right and good you got to give him credit to do that things didn't work out things changed unfortunately and he's back right like and then then i think that's dude whatever man he you know he got a good payday when he was out here do we i don't know yeah we probably
1: right but yeah no sorry to pierre mcguire you there i just had to do that bit you, uh, <laughs> you totally
0: did Pierre <laughs> Maguire me
1: i straight you up Maguiar, pierre, you never all the
0: mcguires you, you <laughs> never want to pierre
1: Maguire someone you never want to pierre Maguire. no man sorry i was just i was just messing with you though big homie but uh yeah, do you have anything else? I guess we could well, I don't want to so, sit here and read the entire G1 schedule. We're not but the G1 th- schedule is out. We're going to we're going to go through every match as they happen on Bam. So I'm
0: not going to sit here and read the whole schedule. I anything, love the you know? fact that okay, we had a plan. You'll take one block, I'll take the other block. Then we, when they announce four blocks, it's like, okay, we'll pick two blocks each and watch those matches. And of course, New Japan has to every night have one match from every block. Which,
1: at least some, sometimes there's six matches and like some blocks have two. It's all mishmash together, but
0: there's at least one match per look, block in every show. I kind of like kinda that interesting. because it adds intrigue, right? It's like, okay, if this person wins, I'm going to have to wait until tomorrow to find out the latest standings.
1: Yeah. So it, it, it's, it is interesting in that way. It would be good. To, yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to follow. If you're going to actually sit there and watch every show as it progresses, it might be more interesting to follow this way. We'll see. But ah, uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's less matches overall, which is nice. But it's ah uh, the mishmash of matches together, the schedule. It's kind of weird. There are some really good nights, and there are some like kind of skippable nights.
0: Yeah, yeah, there are. There really are. And overall, look, I know you—I'm sure you've seen some of the posts. People are underwhelmed by the G1 this year. I'm looking forward to it. I think there's a good mix. I think Jonah is going to have a fabulous tournament. Filthy Tom Lawler, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Lance Archer, super over. He's like Scott Norton over in, in New Japan right now. Like, <laughs> just, I think it's going to be a fine tournament. At the end of the day, we'll, we're closer we get to it, we'll do a full preview Full breakdown, plus predictions, and we'll get to it. And that's all we're going to talk about the G1, because we have one more thing to get to on this fine episode of BAM from June the 21st, 2022. And that is the 20th anniversary of that whatever we watched. Whatever we watched. Slammiversary. Impact
1: anniversary. 2022, Sunday, June 19th, live on pay-per-view, Boris. Uh, a good show. I saw some people say it was show of the year. Would no. you go that
0: far? I wouldn't go that far. You know what? <laughs> I, would, I would bump it up. The overall star rating of this show, I would bump it up by half a Dixie Carter for the simple fact that it was <laughs> a three-hour show.
1: Highly enjoyable, digestible show, and probably the best match finished it. It ended with a high, ended on a peak. You could argue we'll get into it, obviously. I thought there were three great matches on this show. uh, Easy to watch, three-hour wrestling pay-per-view. I could definitely hear an argument that this was the best start-to-finish wrestling show I've seen all year. I really could. I honestly could hear that argument. Uh, Possibly too. I watched this immediately after I watched the first TNA show back, and that was such a (laughs) goddamn abomination that this just felt like so nice to watch the show. It felt like they actually made something good out of this uh, terrible
0: product that they started with, right? It kind of somehow molded the ball of clay. That's the thing, right? Like in a weird way, it kind of shows you the evolution of TNA, right? Like you know, I, I guess the heyday of TNA was what 2008 to 2012.
1: Yeah, like, uh, yeah, well, it was like in between Russo stints. I think it's around that time. Yeah, like oh six to oh nine, maybe something like, when, like that. Basically, right before Bruce Pritchard took over. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think like oh five, oh six to oh eight, oh nine. I think yeah. that's
0: what it is. You know, like, and then it just became that company that everyone just assumed would eventually close. And honestly, if you're not watching TNA. If you're not watching Impact, I should say, just go out of your way. Watch one show. It's so enjoyable. They're doing so much right. Yeah, they do TNA-isms. And there's a couple things from this show that felt like uh, Vince Russo booking stuff uh, for the sake of Vince Russo booking stuff. But we'll get into that. Honestly, I really enjoyed this show. One of the more entertaining shows of the year. Is it the best for Boris? It is not. But I do give them half a Dixie Carter extra for the simple <laughs> fact that the show started at 8 and was done by 11 p.m. Eastern.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. An enjoyable, quick, easy watch. It felt shorter than the
0: two hour, $10 pay per view from 2002. Yep. It and felt shorter the than the pre show. Even with the pre show, yeah. even with the reverse Battle Royal. This show wasn't too bad. The Reverse Battle Royal was fun because they openly made fun of it. So yeah, our show started. Our pre-show started.
1: Rich Swan versus Brian Myers for the Digital Media Championship. Rich Swan wins. Your your basic average match, but Rich Swan, good wrestler. This was a fine opener. Brian
0: Myers. You know I, I I hate talking about wrestlers in this way. I have zero time for this guy now. Uh, like he's he's just not good.
1: It feels like. He's phoning it in a little bit. I don't know. He's just—it's
0: not. Uh, I don't know. Like it's, know there's something about him, right? Like when he's with Matt Cardona, he's got like a little extra pep. But when he's ever since Cardona got injured, it's just—I don't know. It's just like he feels lost, right? And one thing that I do want to say about this match is Rich Swan is so f- effing good. He is so talented, but. It's insane to see how far he's fallen since April of last year. Yeah, he's wrestling Kenny Kenny Omega. Omega. And now he's jerking the curtain of the pre-show on Slam Which isn't a bad thing. I'm not saying being the pre-show is a bad thing. But, dude, it's a digital media championship.
1: He's fallen. He's fallen, man. You can't argue and with, it. No, I mean, and like, with Willie
0: Mack, he, unfortunately, I feel like there was like some plans with Willie Mack and him. But when Willie Mack left, it's like, okay, now what do we do? I think you're right. And then I when think you're Cardona right, got injured, it's like, okay, now what do we really do? Because I honestly could have seen Rich Swan show up in NWA.
1: For sure. And Rich Swann versus Matt Cardone is a pretty high profile feud for Rich Swan. Certainly more so than jerking the old curtain on the pre-show. With Brian Myers. Kurt Hawkins. Ya boy. So yeah, two and a half Dixies for this one. Rich Swan wins with his four fifty off the middle rope. Always impressive. Okay match. Okay match. Yeah. Yeah. Mendoza line, two and a half. Uh, not an okay match, terrible really, but, but not without its charm, fun for what it was. The reverse battle Royal, the rules of the reverse battle Royal, absolute fuckton, an unnamed amount of wrestlers start outside the ring. They fight to get into the ring. Once eight wrestlers have made it into the ring, the match quote unquote begins kind of like war games, the match beyond eight? it's only eight. <laughs> It took them that long for eight douchebags to make their way into that ring. But yeah, so it's once eight people are in the ring, that's when the battle royal starts. And typical Russo style, the battle royal gets down to two people and it becomes a singles match. And uh, that's how the reverse battle royal works. The winner is the person who wins that singles match. So... The highlight of this whole thing by far was 72-year-old Action Mike Jackson doing the old school and literally walking on the guardrail halfway across the ring. Not an exaggeration. He started at the entranceway and walked halfway across the ring. This took, what, five minutes? Dude, I can't even do that now. Oh, God, no, no, probably not. And yeah, 72-year-old Action Mike Jackson, very impressive, doing the old school, literally halfway across the ring. It was just funny because seven people were in the ring for the Reverse Battle Royal, and the person that uh, Mike Jackson was doing this to, I believe, uh, who was it? Was it... Gujar, was it Boondipir Gujar that he was doing? So. It? He was doing it to somebody who actually was in the final eight, so everyone had to sit there and wait for Action Mike Jackson to finish his spot, which was
0: hilarious. Like I, I said, this honestly, was a bad match anyway. Okay. I have to honestly say, in the back of my mind, Fever Dream, Boris, on Neo Citron, and other stuff. All I could <laughs> think in my mind was Mandelbaum, Mandelbaum. <laughs>
1: Oh, I love it! That's uh, so funny. I was thinking of Martin Short in uh, Arrested Development. I forget <laughs> his name, but it, it, the uh, it, the Jack Lalanne uh, knockoff. It was Mahabali Shira who took this, by the way. That's who it was, and he was in the final eight. So the final eight was Mahabali Shira, Bhuntipur Gujar, Chase Stevens, Chris Bay, David Young, and Johnny Swinger, and Shark Boy, TNA originals, and of course your boy. The Forgotten Son, Steve Macklin. So that eight again. Bundapur Gujar, Chase Stevens, Chris Bay, David Young, Johnny Swinger, Shark Boy, Shira, and Steve Macklin. So yep. that is your battle royal. It ends your final three, David Young, Johnny Swinger, and, of course, the Shark Boy with a big old gut full of chum Shark Boy these days.
0: <laughs> He's looking more like Evil Uno <laughs> than Shark
1: Boy. <laughs> that's funny was that evil uno under the costume it may have been but yeah so it ends with johnny swinger throwing shark boy over the top rope to quote unquote win this battle royal but the thing is once it's down to the final two boris it's not a battle royal so even the wrestlers in this match in storyline the match is too confusing and they don't know the fucking rules which i actually liked at this point they're making fun of themselves they're poking fun they're waking the
0: nod That you said Johnny Swinger (laughs) throws out (laughs) Shark Boy
1: in 2022 on pay per view. That's true, though. That's what happened.
0: This is 10 bucks I would pay for.
1: (laughs) Right? This is good cheesy in wrestling. At least there's not open racism and sexism and women dancing in cages and puppet. Uh, small people pulling guns on people uh anyway shark boy re-enters the ring, hits the stunner aka the chummer and shark boy wins the reverse battle
0: royal yep mvp of the match 72 year old man yeah 100 (laughs) percent 100 (laughs) percent like how can it not be and then it's shark boy like i think we uh, actually i wanted shark boy in another match but uh we got him here i'm happy we saw shark boy
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, I I'm okay with Shark Boy. I, I I loved him in his day. Ah, uh, so we get to the pay per view. Awesome opening video package focused on the birth of TNA wrestling. Again, made this terrible vile company look like it was something special.
0: Yeah, it was. This was really cool. This was so well produced. I gotta give uh, whoever's producing these videos right now is just killing it. Killing it. 100% agree. Yeah, they're doing a very good job on Impact with a lot of things these days. Way better than they
1: used to. So our opening contest, great match. One of three great matches on this show. Ultimate X, Ace Austin, your champion, versus Alex Zane, former NXT superstar, versus Andrew Everett, versus Kenny King, versus Trey Miguel, our boy here on the podcast, versus our other boy, New X-Division champion, Speedball Mike Bailey, who wins a
0: banger of a match. Just a wild spot fest. This match was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Here's the one thing, though. Speedball Mike Bailey, slow down a little bit sometimes. (laughs) Like, you're going to kill someone. Uh, Who was it, Everett, that he just gave the knee right to the face? Uh, Yeah,
1: Andrew Everett ate a knee in this one yeah there was an amazing sorry go ahead yeah it looked great but Andrew Everett was in the match for whom again uh Jack Evans who had hurt himself at a GCW show the night before we hope Jack Evans is okay I injured his neck on a 630 splash I believe yeah if you see uh, that's definitely what happened because I saw the gif it it looked like a very scary landing for Jack but hopefully he's okay definitely she had no business being in an ultimate x match the day after that though
0: yeah yeah exactly oh it's crazy man but like this match was so good complete spot fest but this is how i knew the show would end at 11 short to the point and impactful
1: absolutely though but like it did land like there was crazy i believe it was a middle rope canadian destroyer just did all all these all these amazing spots. Mike Bailey did the AJ Styles style f- like backflip while holding onto the cables into a double knee uh, spot onto all of his opponents. There was a crazy Tower of Doom. I hate the Tower of Doom, personally. I'm done with Tower of Doom spots. Don't need to ever see them again, but it feels like they almost have to do it at this point. And yeah, Mike Bailey wins 9 minutes and 50 seconds. This match went the perfect length, some crazy spots. I would say it was great. Four Dixies out of five, at least.
0: Yep, Uh, at least, at the very least. This match was so good. Uh, You know, I I was really hyped for the show at this point yeah big time backstage we get scott hudson
1: which was fun he's with the impact originals team the motor city machine guns frankie kazarian and nick aldis your boy so scott hudson tries
0: to get who the fifth man will be but they don't tell him here's here's the thing about this promo frankie kazarian broke every rule about being a face oh <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean like He's he's like making fun of uh, the the other team, and then he's like, fair. "By the way, the Celtics just lost to the Warriors." Like making fun of sports teams is like fair. It, it was funny. It was funny. It was funny. Make
1: shade on Boston. That's true. Yeah, I liked it. I like Frankie Kazarian.
0: It, it was good. It's honestly uh, so good seeing the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh, even Nick Aldis. Like I like the fact that they considered him Nick Aldis. It's like. It's yeah. not like WWE, where when someone comes back, they are the character that they were when they were in WWE, right? Like, it's always going to be Diesel, not Kevin Nash. It's always going to be, you know, Double J, Jeff Jarrett, not like, you know, yeah. Slapnuts, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and for the best on that one, but I know exactly
1: what you mean, yeah. Um, kind of to that point, somebody who uh, was a weird WWE creation, Sting! It's Sting, and he's uh, shown, there's a lot of these throughout the show, TNA legends, kind of showing their love to TNA. There was a really cool one later, but yeah, Sting praising his time with TNA Wrestling, shouting them out for letting him do the Joker character, which uh, your mileage may have varied on, but I liked it for what the Joker character was. Fun video here. You
0: know what? Here's the thing. I have never been a Sting fan. I will never be a Sting fan. He can jump off any balcony. I don't care. I will not be his fan. But (laughs) Harsh. The the longevity of his career has been impactful. I'm going to make this joke like a thousand more times, so just calm down, everyone. (laughs) I see that. Because he's always been able to take something and freshen it up, right? Like the Joker, when he did this, you know, Dark Knight was super popular, and he's just always been good at doing that, right? It's similar to Jericho and how he's always been able to stay relevant,
1: Absolutely, yeah. He, reinventing himself, yeah. Maybe you could argue not really doing that right now, but he's a legend. He isn't at this point. He's there to be Sting, the legend. So Sting that's fine, doesn't but he need to th- do th-
0: shit anymore, right? He literally needs to be dad to Darby Allen, and that's it. Exactly.
1: Exactly right. Our second match of the Speaking main show: of, knockouts.
0: Sorry. Oh no! I was gonna make a really crude Vince Russo joke. Move on.
1: <laughs> Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie versus the Influence Current. Well. Former Knockouts Women's Tag Team Champions Madison Raine and Tennille Dashwood because Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie win the tag team titles, the odd couple team here.
0: Two matches, two new champs, three Canadian champions at this point, Bay Bay. Let's go, let's go. Yeah, Taya
1: Valkyrie and Rosemary kind of looked like they were friends, and this was a really meaningful moment when they actually won that match. Looked like a very nice little little hug there, little exchange, and yeah, it was a, it was a good match. I like uh, Rosemary and Taya; they they're much better in my opinion than Madison Reign. Tenille kind is is okay, but Rosemary and Taya are better in the ring than Tenille. So I think they carried this match. They uh, and they produced a good one. We're going to go three Dixies out of five for that one for the knockouts championship of the world. New tag team champions, Rosemary and Taya.
0: Yeah. So this match was pretty good. I really did enjoy this match. Um, I like the shout out to I forget who said it about Taya Valkyrie challenging the night before. Uh, Thunder Rosa, so kind of leaving the multiverse open in that sense I thought this match was great Madison Rain, I don't know where But apparently she broke her nose in two spots in this match But um, this match was great I think the influence did really good You know, they're not the best per se But this was a good match yeah, it was perfectly fine. Yeah, 3 Dixies out of 5, like I said. Uh
1: next we saw a Kurt Angle video, the Kurt Angle doing his legend video. Thank you TNA. Uh pretty pretty nice to see Kurt Angle on the show.
0: Yeah. Uh this was really cool. I, I like this. Like, you know, it reminded me of ROH's last show, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It did feel like kind of had that uh well, obviously it was the Slam Anniversary, but it kind of had that celebration feel.
0: I have to ask, with this being Father's Day, Did Jason Jordan film this video for Kurt?
1: (laughs) Had to, had to. Yeah, we should have seen Jason Jordan. Swing and a miss there, TNA. Next match, Sammy Callahan versus Moose in a Monsters Ball match. Boris, they did bring back. They did it. They They did did it.
0: I've been waiting (laughs) all day to say this. They did the gimmick.
1: I so love it. So the old gimmick of Monsters Ball was, was that before the match, The wrestlers were locked away in a room without food, water, or light for 24 hours. And then they were released and had to immediately fight. And uh, they were supposed to make them erratic and violent. It was just it was the rare kind of good pro wrestling cheese out of TNA. I love that gimmick. And they brought it back. And it it, uh, benefited Sammy Callahan because he's a crazy fucker and Moose is a real
0: athlete. Yeah. This match was so much better than it should have been. Like, I really did enjoy this match.
1: Yeah, uh, it was a a Sammy Callahan-style match, your hardcore brawl. But sometimes it works, sometimes it comes together, and sometimes it's just garbage for the sake of garbage. And this one worked, this one came together. I thought this was brilliant, and I was really fixing to say this was my match of the night, except the main
0: event shocked me and blew me away. Here's the thing, you said garbage- that garbage can spot or the garbage lid spot when they're literally taking unprotected hits to the head—it's
1: a little rough to watch in 2022. Uh, thankfully, they're using the flimsy garbage can lids and not sh- chairs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I—I I mean, like those aren't that dangerous, but it's still an unprotected shot to the head in 2022 in a fake sport. You don't need to do it. You shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Also, Having sh- said
1: that, it's sh- anniversary,
0: right? Yeah, shout out to Tom Hannafin, who said Abyss would have been super proud of these two.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, very nice. There's so many feels on this show. Yeah, very nice feel good. Yeah, but if you're going to hit each other in the head, if you're going to do one counts in the main event, do it at Slammiversary, not every impact show. So I'm okay with it on this stage. So, yeah, I just thought this was just a wild, bloody brawl. Uh, Again, too many thumbtacks in wrestling. Don't need to see those anymore. Probably didn't need the one count, followed by Sammy just immediately hitting another finisher and winning. It would have been awesome if Moose kicked out at one, and then Moose won. That would have been a good finish, in my opinion. I think the one count was just a little little tropey, a little bit of a pro wrestling trope. At the end of the day, great wrestling match, though. Sammy
0: Callahan wins with three pile drivers. Yep. That was awesome. I like the fact that it took three paul drivers, thumbtacks and everything, right? Um, Moose has lost two high-profile programs back-to-back, so I hope he kind of gets his, his, his his rehab program at this point. And I'm assuming that Sammy Callahan is slowly moving up the card. I wonder. I wonder how it's all going to work. But, yeah, Moose is a guy
1: who he could end up in WWE tomorrow, though it would shock me, right? I don't know his contract status, but, yeah, he's a guy who could be snatched by even AEW, but especially WWE at any time.
0: Yeah, as long as he's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So I would go as high as four and a quarter Dixies for this one. I think it's probably going to be on our list at the end of the year.
0: Yep, agreed. Not the next match.
1: No, I didn't have much time for this. I thought they, they, they tried. It wasn't terrible, but it was about average. Good Brothers versus Briscoe Brothers. Um, yeah, and the Good Brothers win the N.W. or not the NWA anymore, the Impact Tag Team Championship,
0: Boris. Your boy, Luke Gallows. Yeah, good for them. Uh, three-time champs now. <laughs> uh, I'm shocked that the Briscoes lost so quickly. Are they staying so, in Impact? They're like, what's the deal? Yeah, I think it's
1: like Mark just had another kid, and apparently like, it was a little bit of a rough go for Mark and his wife for that pregnancy. As I understand it, I hope everyone's okay. And the Briscoe clan love the Briscoe brothers. But yeah, I, in my opinion, my read is that they're just giving them some time
0: off. Yeah, Or at least felt, Mark. Th- what happens after the match felt like a going away type thing, right? That's why I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Yeah, because we got America's Most Wanted returning Chris
1: Harris, Wildcat Braden Walker himself and Cowboy James Storm. So, yeah, so it feels like they're kind of focusing away from the Briscoes for the time being, which is why I think Mark's getting some time off and maybe Jay as well just to heal up. I'm sure they're banged up. But, yeah, Mark, I think probably for family reasons, it seems anyway. So America's Most Wanted looking like they're
0: challenging the good brothers. They are reunited. Chris Harris back in TNA yeah here's the thing that scares me not scares me but i'm not really looking forward to too much the way that the world is aligning i think we're going to be seeing an ftr versus good brothers match very soon
1: gross (laughs) i don't want to see it that's like the team in all of wrestling that i want to see ftr wrestle the least honestly i i'm the i have no time the way you have no time for kurt hawkins i have no time for these good brothers i know a really, really nice video showcasing Don West and Mike Tenay showing some love to Don West, battling cancer right now, uh, showing you where to donate if uh, you are so inclined. And yeah, just very, very nice. Another good, feel-good moment. And it was just like, man, like, Don West and Mike Tenay really did try this whole time. They were working so hard to make some sense of this crazy shit. Yeah,
0: they, kudos to them. And it just goes to show you the respect that their peers and colleagues have you know i don't know if you noticed, but uh what's their name uh raywald and hanefin they were kind of emotional after
1: yeah definitely it was getting a little dusty in there you could tell it meant a lot to them it was a very very nice package uh video i should have worded that better it was a very (laughs) nice uh, video package for don west there i'm sure he would have giggled at that i have to say
0: this joke for don west speaking of a nice package who shows up next? Christy Hebby? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, you girl, Christy Hebby. Uh, so she is introduces, uh, she does introduce Scott Demore, the coach of Team Canada, wearing the Team Canada jersey with the Team Canada flag and hockey stick. Love to see Coach Scott Demore doing some commentary. Boris, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seemed like Scott Demore was uh, at the same bar that Charles Barkley visited between periods. It seemed like he was maybe having a cocktail or two on Dude, this one.
0: Scott Demore was amazing this night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Loved Scott Demore on commentary for the 10-man tag. Impact versus Ring of Honor. Impact Originals versus Honor No More. So our teams are the ROH side, Honor No More, Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, your boy, Mike Bennett, PCO, and Vincent. The impact side, Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley, and Chris Sabin, Frankie Kazarian, Nick Aldis, and their mystery partner, the American Wolf, Davey Richards.
0: So at first I'm like, Davey Richards, what? And then it clicked. Eddie Edwards is on the opposing team.
1: Absolutely. So I do like that storyline.
0: Long time
1: impact, legendary tag team, the American Wolves, Davey Richards, Eddie Edwards fighting each other here on opposite sides. And also it added a little bit of intrigue because Davey Richards
0: could easily have flipped just like Eddie did. Right. Maybe that was going to be the storyline. And it should be noted that at ringside, we saw Tracy Brooks, who looks better than ever, Um, you know, and, and Earl Hebner was there, man. Oh, yeah,
1: and both would get uh, heavily involved in this match. Uh, Tracy Brooks jumping the – Tracy Brooks, of course, we should say, is the wife of Frankie Kazarian, if you weren't aware. So she jumped the barricade when Maria Kanellis was getting involved. Tracy Brooks chases off Maria. They have an ECW-style catfight, if you will. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. This this was a very entertaining ten man tag. Lots of like shenanigans. It was. You could say it was overbooked, but I think for this night, for this storyline, it was exactly what it
0: needed to be. I if, liked it a lot. If you say this match was overbooked, then the main event was overbooked.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, absolutely. But uh, you
0: could easily say you could easily say both things, and and uh, and, and we'll talk about the main event. But there was something. The reason why we say this night, it's because it is not it's not just any anniversary, it's the 20th anniversary of a company that literally no one thought would ever ever survive. You have to give the company credit for this, right? So I like the fact that you know there was just a lot of callbacks in this match, in the main event, throughout the show, and it kind of made for feel-good moments, especially how the end happened. Because if any other weekend I would have complained about the Hebner stuff, but not this weekend.
1: Yes, on the weekend where Dave Hebner sadly leaves us and passes away. The ref is down, so who should emerge from the audience but Earl Hebner. God bless him taking forever to get up to the apron, to get his shirt off, to reveal the referee's shirt, Boris, and Earl Hebner counts the three. Impact defeats Ring of Honor. And this just felt like a wild party match like one of those celebrations of wrestling it was a feel-good wrestling
0: match we're
1: gonna go as high as three and a half dixies out of five for this one it worked for me
0: yeah this worked for me we saw the the former vp of aces and eights in this match d'lo brown dude yes struggle on that frog splash
1: yeah, D'Lo Brown hits an awesome sky high and then almost slips off the top rope a couple times delivering a, a king-sized frog splash. Nice to see D'Lo Brown coming out. Yeah, man, this yeah, is it's good. There's a party match.
0: It was and indeed it was a party. Yep. somewhat. yeah, this match this match was fun. Like look, it wasn't the best match. Yeah, it was overbooked. But Matches like this where there's a lot of meaning, where there's a lot of stuff, you know, the Hebner stuff, especially after the match when the Hebner's kind of pointed to the sky. yeah, I'm a sucker for shit like that in wrestling.
1: Exactly, man. It's like if they could produce some real feelings in professional wrestling, this silly fake fight, especially look, watch, watch that first impact episode the first ever TNA from 2002, and then watch this, and it's crazy that they
0: actually produced something
1: good and memorable like this, like
0: from their 20-year history. We go from that feel-good moment to the biggest surprise of the night, which I kind of knew was coming, but we got a video message from... The
1: phenomenal AJ Styles is our next TNA legend to to chime in, basically thanking TNA for his entire career and was sure to thank WWE for letting him do the video, have to kiss the ring. Vince McMahon is still strutting to the ring to this day, my friend. But yes, AJ Styles here on TNA television, WWE wrestler acknowledging his time as a TNA legend and thanking the audience,
0: thanking the company, thanking all the higher ups. This was nice. This was such a feel-good moment. I love this. I absolutely love this. Same. That
1: was very good. Next up, uh, another a uh, really solid match. Dangerous. There's a couple crazy spots. Queen of the Mountain, the reverse ladder match. Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, Mia Yim, Tasha Steels, former champion. And your winner and new champion, Jordan Grace. So the rules of the Queen of the Mountain match, in a nutshell, it's a reverse ladder match. The goal is to hang up the belt, but you can't just grab the belt and hang it up. You must become eligible. How do you become eligible? Well, everyone starts as ineligible. In order to actually become eligible to hang the belt, you must score a pinfall over one of your opponents. Cool. So if you get pinned, what happens? Well, Boris, they wheel one of those fucking cages to the rings that the women used to dance in in 2002. And that is a penalty box, you see. So if you are pinned, you go to the penalty box for two minutes where you feel shame, as the movie Slapshot has taught us.
0: <laughs> that is the greatest description to this shit show. Like, of rules. Like, it's just crazy. But. I've seen some King of the Mountain matches. You know, one of the most famous ones probably being when AJ Styles won against what, Angle, Jarrett, Joe, and others. Yeah. Maybe Nash was there's, in that match. Um, there's one
1: spot that I remember where AJ get, gets flipped off the penalty box through a table, which is one of the craziest things I've ever seen in wrestling.
0: But having said that, I think the bump that Diana Perazzo and Chelsea Green, the former VXT... Oh took in this match was insane chelsea green landed so hard apparently she has worked the
1: impact tapings that just happened she is probably banged up but healthy which is great because it looked like it injured her and she was out for the rest of the match yeah. i think but yeah was. chelsea green yeah they, they did the old flying through the the tables Uh, Off the ladder to the outside of the ring. They only landed on two tables, not four, which you sometimes see. And yeah, it was
0: just a hard, hard landing for Chelsea Green. That was was really painful. Yeah, it was hard for Chelsea Green. But if you notice, Deanna Perrazzo's arm was around Chelsea Green. How she didn't break her arm, I don't know. That's a
1: really good call, too, man. Yeah, it's just a dangerous, wild match. Um, a little sloppy, and uh, another complaint I would have is too much Mickey James. Mickey James was the special guest enforcer, but she was wrestling as by well. I saw more Mickey James arguably than I
0: did Tasha Steeles, who was the champion coming into this match, you know? So too much Mickey. All right, so if we're going to complain about anything, this is the perfect way to end a imperfect championship reign. Great match. Unfortunately, Tasha Steeles was never the leader of the knockouts division and this match proved it
1: now you're right Uh, in a way it's perfect but it is a tough beat for tasha you know what i mean like she never got the focus and then in the match where she lost the
0: title she barely got the focus exactly it's just par for course and it 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 bothers me i've been saying it for so long it's been bothering me and this kind of sucked that alone would take down the score at least half a dixie carter
1: yeah, I think that's fair. So yeah, we're gonna go around three, three and a half. They worked so hard; it was still an entertaining match. I'll go. Well, you want to settle on three and a half? Dixies Let's go three and five a half, for this dude. One?
0: Yeah. I gotta give the respect Stop. to the workers. They did an awesome yeah. job. Dangerous, crazy spots.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It really uh, entertaining match, laid out well, except for the fact that there was way too damn much Mickey James. Yeah. All right, so we get another, our final TNA backstage legend promo. This one, she's actually live on location. It's Goldilocks, your girl. She's the TNA legend. No, I'm kidding. But Goldilocks does introduce our TNA legend, Gail Kim, who thanks the audience. The most impactful knockout of all time by fan vote. Uh, It was nice to see Gail, man. I, I love Gail Kim, love Gail Kim's work. Her feud with Awesome Kong was absolutely incredible. I think she's one of the greats. I know someone who doesn't. Yeah, we don't need to name him, but one of our one of our listeners, one of our pals, not a Gail Kim fan. We won't out them. They can they can present that take if they want the uh, the scorn that will come with it. The Michael scorn that will come with it.
0: Yep. Oh man. But yeah. So yeah, this main event. I think it's time to chat about this main event. Shockingly great match. Arguably,
1: I would hear an argument. This is the best match of Eric Young's career. I can't name a better one off the top of my head. All our Eric Young historians, EY enthusiasts, let us know if there's a better Eric Young match out there than Eric Young versus Josh Alexander in the main event of Slammiversary 2022. It was uh, it was a love letter to TNA. It was literally... Uh, you know what it was, man? Do you remember the first... Young Bucks versus FTR. Revival FDR match. Yep. That's exactly
0: that's exactly what this was. That's that is the exact same layout. Exactly what I was reading to say. I'm so happy that you saw it the same <laughs> way. Dude, even Great from eyes. the fact that when Josh Alexander was coming out, they're like, his trunks are inspired by Kurt Angle. You yep. knew what we were going to get. Absolutely.
1: So we saw a Styles clash, an Angle slammed through a table, ankle locks. We saw a guitar used a la Jeff Jarrett. We saw the ring mat pulled up and pile drivers delivered a la Bully Ray and others. And just like, just a love letter to TNA, to the wackiness, to the stars that have come out. We saw Samoa Joe's spots. Black Who we Slam. See? We saw Abyss's, Abyss's Black spots. Slam. Like, oh. so, Yeah, so much fun, man. The yeah. stroke. Again, Boris, we saw a stroking. We saw uh, an STO <laughs> yes. and the best moonsault ever. Like, Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, man. One of the best spots of this match was in the corner right near this is right near the finish of the match too. in the corner that they had pulled up the the ring padding. So it's just exposed floorboards. Uh, Eric Young eats a disgusting urinagi, the old Samoa Joe thing where he rock bottoms the guy out of the corner. Eric Young eats that on the floorboards of
0: the ring, just when, a crazy spot. When he did that, if you notice his hands, he's like, Dude, "Can I still move my body?" Oh, like, absolutely! It just looked insane.
1: This match, kudos, kudos oh. for taking that bump. That's a hell of a bump.
0: Yeah, and honestly, you know what makes me prouder of this match than the fact that not only was it from Impact, the you know the little promotion that could to. Good old Canadian boys.
1: Absolutely. Old Canada, home and native land. True Patriot love. All of us come in. Man, yeah, just just an incredible match. I honestly think it's the best match I've ever seen Eric Young have ever in my life. Josh Alexander, I'd say probably like the TJP Iron Man was really good. I've seen a couple of that. I would say probably better. This is a great match. It will be on our list at the end of the year. It is four and a quarter Dixies. At least you could talk me into this being an all-time classic because it wrapped up so well. The tna story it could be four and a half i Matt, would
0: hear that argument four, it's and, four, three and, a quarter. four and three quarters four and quarters three quarters for me Ooh. Ooh. Love, love letter to impact callbacks announcing was great crowd was into it matches of these of, of eric young's career all of that together honestly puts this at four and three quarters beautiful match so well done after the de- insane uranagi uh we get a c4 spike on the exposed yes. ring boards one two three josh josh alexander wins he celebrates to close the show dude this was so good
1: yeah people like talked a lot of shit eric young main eventing pay-per-view in 2022 did. lol I did yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But hey, we had to eat some crow on this one because this match was a phenomenal wrestling match. Like you said, Josh Alexander wins with his double underhook pile driver, the C4 spike, 18 minutes and 50 seconds. One of the best wrestling matches of the year. Honestly, the best
0: impact match of the year. For yeah, sure. this is so good. Like Josh Alexander is continuing his claim to be, you know, top three wrestlers of the year so far. Yeah, man, he's had a spectacular year doing good work in TNA.
1: And hey, I think we did it, buddy. This is a longer show than I expected. We spent a lot of time
0: on that uh, retro TNA show. There was a lot to discuss, though. Yeah, this is exactly what I wanted this to be, dude. I am. My voice is really starting to go. <laughs> I don't know. You. I don't know how many times. Well, you have seen that I've just started coughing up a storm.
1: Uh, yeah I'm sorry to keep your brother take a break grab some medicine put a halls into you thank you very much for listening everyone though this was a fun show we have a lot coming up next week it's going to be at least we got to do forbidden door star ratings we're going to talk some forbidden door the week after that we could talk some money in the bank the week after that we got the G1 for a bunch of time we have some gimmicks coming up in the summer we're going to maybe we're going to work on like a, a retro show or two perhaps TNA will make its way back in 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 a month or so i'm not doing it every week you
0: can't fucking make me boris i won't i can't pay you enough to do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyways honestly thank you matt this has honestly been a very fun show chatting sports chatting wrestling chatting everything in between and to all the listeners again thank you for listening for the snme patrons we love you you know it, it means so much to us we do this for the love of the game Having said that, he's Matt. I'm Boris. Stay tranquilo.